It's Fantasy Football Championship Week, folks. And today, we have some bold takes on which studs you should sit in your championship matchup. Before we do, want to make sure you follow us across the board at Razball Fantasy on YouTube, IG, and TikTok. We drop daily content over on IG and TikTok, so subscribe to Razball Fantasy on those platforms. And of course, all offseason long, we're going to be here on the Razball Fantasy YouTube channel breaking down what happened in 2022. Then we got free agency. Then we got the draft. We're going to have a bunch of content on this channel. So make sure you subscribe, hit the preview, hit the like, and make sure you're always jumping over to Razball.com. That's right. We have written content over on Razball.com. Not only do we do football, we do basketball, baseball, and hockey. So we have content for you all year long. But we'll have articles this offseason for the Razball fantasy football side as well. And then finally, make sure you're joining us on Sunday. We'll be tipping our cap to one hell of a year. One of our last Sunday live shows will be this Sunday for about an hour before kickoff. So join us around 8.30 a.m. PST for that Sunday live start sit show because we'd be breaking down the key injuries, the weather updates, everything you need to know before kickoff. So join us on the Razball Fantasy YouTube channel for one hour on our live Sunday live show. But today's show, we're going to be taking bold takes for week 17. So let's start it up right now. All right, folks, we got the man, the myth, the legend, Sky Gawasco. You can follow him at Sky Gawasco on Twitter. What's going on, Sky? Bob, super happy to be here, man. Three championship teams looking to make it happen. Two of those, a six seed coming into the playoffs. Never give up, folks. Yeah, man. Honestly, I uh, that's awesome. I uh, unfortunately have been eliminated from everywhere. All three leagues that I was still in, I got axed. Uh, one I lost by just a handful of points heartbreaking it is uh but it's expected now i just feel like i have uh i am a better coach than player i've just come to that conclusion that you know i was like a good high school player that didn't make it in college but then he got into coaching that's basically how i feel about my fantasy football life but anyway today's show we're going to be talking about some bold takes for week 17 because there's been studs this mantra of sit play your studs no matter what did not work out last week for a lot of people uh, and there is some scenarios where you could overthink it. You're sitting your stud who's still going to have a nice baseline per se. Uh, and for a much worse player, I know I'm not, I'm not saying that, but there are some studs that you should consider sitting, not only because they're matchups, but their situations have changed, whether it's a quarterback issue, whether it's a receiver's issue, it's a skill position issue, offensive line issues. There's a lot of things you need to take into account because that stud five, six weeks ago might not be the stud he was all season long. Now, Sky, before we get into this show and talk a little bit about what's your overall mindset with these your studs, are you? is there anybody that you're either not going to talk about today or that you're kind of thinking about? Give us your overall thoughts about your studs heading into Week 17. It's all about matchups. It's all about weather. Last week was some of the worst weather in fantasy football NFL single week history. Uh, a lot of players were taken out simply due to weather. I mean, that Browns-Saints game, for example, I was sitting here like, oh, Nick Chubb and Alvin Kamara at minimum will be just fine. Camaro was okay on volume. Nick Chubb kind of disappeared. Zero in the past game. They just weren't able to do anything playing on a sheet of ice. That happens. You and I are the only people in fantasy that care about kickers. But because of that, so many kickers who Nick Folk, I mean, all these guys you constantly rely on, Daniel Carlson, Evan um, McPherson, Tyler Bass, unavailable missing kicks left and right, tanking your fantasy team, DSTs, 
Lions DST, who we gave a big vouch for, the Broncos, the Cowboys, the 49ers. Set it and forget it, DSTs got negative points in some instances. So not only did they not do well for their projection, they actually hurt your team. And Bob, let me give you a longer list of players from last week who are your quote-unquote set and forget, start your studs. Every single week you play these guys and not worry about it. Here's some guys that underperformed last week, which leads us into this episode to try to avoid it in your championship. Tua Tagovailoa, incredible first half, horrendous second half, three picks in the second half alone, concussion out this week. Tom Brady, Geno Smith, Justin Fields, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones, DeAndre Swift, Amari Cooper, Jamar Chase, Christian Watson, Mike Evans, Garrett Wilson, Mark Andrews, Dalton Schultz, and Mike Kosicki, not to mention the DSTs and kickers I've already mentioned, not only underproduced their projection, but they smashed on your team, unfortunately, in a negative way. They severely underproduced, and those are guys that were in everybody's lineup because they're supposed to be. What we're going to try to do in this episode here is pinpoint some of those usual set-and-forget matchups and take those guys potentially out of your lineup depending on the rest of your roster options. And, of course, it seems silly we have to preface it this way, but we're obviously not telling you to sit a normally good player just because we mentioned their name. It's based on who's available and who else you can play for them, obviously. But I'm telling you right now, teams are going to win and lose. A lot of studs are going to underperform this week and tank teams, and a lot of no-name wide receiver fives are going to go off this week. It always happens, and we're going to try to diagnose some of those. Um, the one thing I will say with this stuff, though, is I'll admit last week I, I, when I lost, I kind of went through and I'm like, all right, where like Justin Fields killed me. Um, but the option I had was Herbert, who did worse. I had Geno Smith as an option who didn't do enough that I would have won if I played Geno. So, like, there are certain scenarios we have to play into it, like where, yeah, was the upside of your alternatives big enough or better enough in that matchup to compensate to sit that stud in a bad matchup. What that mean is like if a player averages 20 points per game and their floor is usually 15 in a bad matchup, would you play a guy who averages, you know, 12 to 13 points if in hopes that they get you 15? doesn't make sense, right? You might as well just play your stud in that case. So there's a lot of stuff like that today we'll talk about. Let's get into quarterbacks first. And, you know, there's a couple guys that kind of stick out. For the quarterback sits – potentially sits these stud quarterbacks these are essentially guys who are owned in most leagues top 12 quarterbacks in the most cases but let's run through the list you got geno smith versus the jets trevor lawrence against houston justin fields versus detroit eagles qb whoever it is most likely going to be garner Minshew playing against the new orleans saints and then justin herbert against the rams there's some names there that kind of stood out to me now sky do you have a player on this list or not on this list that you want to talk about that is a quarterback stud that you'll sit and and sky. I do want you to also bring up a player that you're willing to start instead. Sure, you got it. Let me pull that player up. Um okay. All right. So a player that I'm looking to uh potentially sit. And again, I'm gonna start super hot fire here. And this is this is straight up like don't just sit Justin Fields. All right, let's not hit the panic button. It was one weekend. I get it. We argue every single Sunday morning, Saturday, in last week's case, about the hashtag never fields. I'm going to leave that between you and Matt. Nonetheless, Matt and I were on it last week. We brought up some decent points. Justin Fields tanked fantasy teams and knocked people out of the playoffs. 
you're right. Herbert didn't do much better. Neither did Gino. It was a rough week across the NFL, unfortunately, for a lot of guys. However, I just don't see – now, look, Justin Fields could bounce back and could go for 15, you know, 18 fantasy points, and that'd be just fine. I just don't see him having a top-notch game, which is what everybody has come to expect now. So he played the Lions. He's playing the Lions, right, in Detroit. So it'll be indoors, which is nice. But he played Detroit uh, earlier this season, um, and – he did just fine. I mean, he had a huge, he had a huge game. He had a 69 yard touchdown run, 150 yards rushing, four total touchdowns. He was a QB one on the week, right? Since then, he's been seven, five, seven, and last week 25. My issue is I don't see Dan Campbell twice. Everybody knows that Fields has got to run the ball because he can't throw it. He literally has one game, two games, over 200 yards passing. The Lions, outside of last week, have been very, very good against the run in general. The the Bears have zero weapons right now none Khalil Herbert's come back a little bit but David Montgomery's not scary they have no pass catching weapons to be worried about Justin Fields obviously has you know one trick pony kind of a thing to run the ball which he's very good at and in fantasy that matters but in a divisional game the Lions are literally playing for a playoff berth right now this game's at home against a rival I think they show up I think the Lions win this game and I think they slow down Justin Fields now again don't hear what I'm saying and and not play Justin Fields automatically because I'm mentioning him just consider the circumstances the Lions have also been very good against rushers but not passers and I'm not worried about Justin Fields passing if I'm Lions defense so for me I'm looking at other options if possible and somebody off of the waivers potentially or somebody that I'm looking for maybe a bounce back this week um I could see happening first of all Gardner Minshew would be automatic if Hertz is out but I think he's going to play I really actually like, I know this is a homer pick, but Brock Purdy going up against the Raiders, who are a disaster. I think that could be just fine indoors as well. Tom Brady at home with a bounce back against Carolina, who usually takes over. And even Aaron Rodgers at home um, toward the end of maybe his time in Green Bay against Minnesota. So all those guys I would strongly consider personally over Justin Fields. I got to admit, I, I couldn't disagree with you more. Uh, no, I, I know. Justin That's Fields, why I brought him I up. I think Justin Fields will will – now, so here's the, here's the thing with the Justin Fields situation last week. That game in, in, in Chicago was brutal. Like, yep. And I like to put into context how bad the situation was. Like Josh Allen, who's arguably top three quarterback, maybe the MVP of the league outside of Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, 172, two touchdowns, two interceptions against the Bears. Okay? This is Josh Allen, who the week before threw for 304 yards and four touchdowns. The next week in Chicago, he goes 172, 2 and 2. So, like, just to understand, like, it wasn't the ideal environment. Guys like Stefan Diggs crapped the bed. It was not the ideal situation from a passing perspective, but he was down both starting offensive guards. Both guys have already practiced so far this week. He was down Chase Claypool on top of Darnell Mooney and also Equinemia St. Brown. So he was limited on weapons. And, like, listen, the Bills defense was. We should have saw this coming. We should have avoided it. I admit that I stuck to my guns no matter what. But this is an example of why we have these shows and these conversations. Like, I should have sat them because the injuries, the weather, and the play team they were playing against doesn't make sense to play Justin Fields last week. Now you flip it over to, you know, I shouldn't even get to it more, but now he plays Detroit. Just look up his numbers the last time he played Detroit. 253, two touchdowns. 
10 carries and 78 yards and a touchdown. Um, I think I love home golf. So I think home golf and the, the Detroit Lions are going to do well, which is going to lead to some points. That's why I'm in on him. My guy is actually going to be Geno Smith. And now Geno gets to the Jets playing at home, which is good. But listen, Tyler Lockett's a little banged up. Last week against a team like the Chiefs who put up points, he did not come up and play. He did not play well at all. He's looked kind of off the last few weeks after a hot start. It seems like a lot of these guys like Tua and Gino, these young these guys early on in the season that kind of were new uh, new in a new system or new to the starting position. Now pe- teams are getting some tape on them because they're not looking as good. And Gino struggled, and he's kind of had a couple bad games. He had a couple bad ones against San Francisco recently as well. But the Jets are an elite defense. So if you just look at how Gino's played this season against the elite defenses – you know, against San Francisco, both games outside the top 12 quarterback play. Broncos, Chargers, outside the top 12. He's had some decent games against the Saints, Rams, and Bucks, but those defenses have been either banged up or up and down all season long. The Rams defense, forget about it. It's been beaten up. The Bucks, I don't even know what they are, to be honest with you. It's, like, super weird. Like, I, they, they come and play one week, and then they get smoked the next. The Saints defense has been solid even without Marshawn Lattimore, but overall it's been kind of hit or miss. But the Jets passing, how you beat the Jets have been ironically on the ground with quarterbacks. You see guys rushing for rushing yards against them. Josh Allen, they've had six rushing touchdowns this season against them. That's the only reason why they're not the toughest matchup for quarterbacks is they're fourth in passing yards and they have allowed the fewest passing touchdowns. Gino is not a big time mobile quarterback. He can do some stuff on the ground, but he'll get you like four for 25. You know, he's not going to get you the 10 for 100 like a Justin Fields will. So I'm okay with avoiding him. And a guy that I'm actually looking to target this week is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Now, a lot of this has to do with Christian Watson if he plays. If Christian Watson's out, I probably won't be all in on this call. But if Watson's healthy and he plays with Lazard, he's finally got his weapons, right? He's got the three young receivers. He's got Cobb. You know, he's got that the offensive line with Bakhtiari might be back this week. But the Vikings, the last three games, he's played in Lambeau against the Vikings. 288 and 2, 291 and 3, 209 and 2. So he's constantly playing well against the Vikings. The offense for the Vikings is playing very well. I like that upside in that game. And plus, this weekend's weather sounds pretty nice. Doesn't sound like there's going to be any 20, 10 degree weather, winds in the 20 miles per hour. So I think even Lambeau, it might be nice there as well. Let's kick it over to the running back, Sit Sky. Now we have a couple names here. I know you're ready for some revenge. Sky Gawasco. Has been hunting for revenge against this man. I, it was weeks. a matter of time. I knew <laughs> it, was it was a matter, matter. of time. It's, it's coming. The Josh Jacobs against San Francisco. The Dallas RBs on Thursday night against Tennessee. Joe Mixing against Buffalo. Kenneth Walker against the Jets. And David Montgomery versus Detroit are some notable guys that are inside the top 20, either in points per game or points scored. That might be sits. So, Sky, tell us about your running back sit this week. Yeah, quickly. So one, I'll talk about somebody else here, but David Montgomery for me is an easy sit. Um, the, the the Lions have been playing much better up until last week. I know they got run on by the Panthers because they weren't thinking the Panthers would even run the ball and they got smoked. I get it. But David Montgomery with Khalil Herbert back, I think it's going to be tough. How hard did that hit us? Like, the worst. It was you. the worst. Oh my God. I mean, it was the worst. It, you know, oh, but shout dude. out, shout out to, shout out to Derek and Matt. Right, because their horrendous team had to start Chuba Hubbard, which we were laughing him out of the room on Saturday morning. And I look, you know, four plays into the game, Chuba Hubbard's got you know 150 yards, whatever the hell it was. Fantasy playoffs are insane. But my revenge has finally come. I knew this day would be here. I uh, kept patient. I kept semi quiet, and I knew he would come through for me 
when it mattered most. And folks, as I've been mentioning for four seasons, Josh Jacobs has either already knocked you out of the playoffs or he will be doing it this week if you play him. So a number of things. A, Josh Jacobs isn't that good, which I've been telling you for years. But what's been super great since he has Josh McDaniels coming over, who gives his running backs 23 carries per game, Josh Jacobs has been great because he's had lots of volume and he's been scoring touchdowns. But let's talk about everything the Raiders are dealing with right now, not including Josh Jacobs. Number one, Derek Carr has not only been benched, but if I read the notes correctly, Bob, he's inactive for Sunday. That means he's not even an option. So he's either hurt or they're going to, he's just shutting it down completely. Now, this is like all career Derek Carr. This kid grew up in Fresno. He's a Bay guy, brought Devontae Adams over, who's another Bay guy, to play for the Raiders, which is a team they grew up rooting for. And now the Raiders and Derek Carr are essentially parting ways two games before the season's over. Absolute disaster in the Bay Area. We'll see where he's at next year. Furthermore, they're playing their cross uh, Bay Bridge rivals, right? The 49ers. The 49ers are far and away the best and most difficult running back matchup in fantasy football. It's not close, and it hasn't been for most of this season. Josh Jacobs last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers in an outdoor game that should have been run, run, run because they can't pass very well right now with the Raiders. 15 carries, 44 yards, one target, one reception for six. Hasn't scored in three weeks. Before that, it was New England. 22 carries, 93 yards. Okay, so he's getting 23 plus carries each week and he hasn't had over 100 yards in four weeks. All right. So in PPR, Josh Jacobs had a great run, great month, six, seven, one, five, eight. Awesome. Since then, RB 20 and RB 38 in the quarterfinals and the semifinals. It's going to be worse this week. Let me dive into a little bit deeper here against the San Francisco 49ers. Their bye week was in week nine. Since then, Bob, I'm going to throw a couple running backs that are, in my opinion, talent-wise, far superior to Josh Jacobs if they had the same amount of volume. And in fantasy, I think they are as well. Here's how these running backs did against the 49ers since week 10. Austin Eckler, six carries, 24 total yards, 12 targets, seven receptions, 39 yards. He had 10 fantasy points. Your boy, James Conner, who actually plays quite well against the 49ers, 42 yards and a touchdown. Alvin Kamara, six carries, 13 yards. Raheem Mostert, 7 for 30 in revenge game. The Bucks running back, 17 carries, 69 total yards. Kenneth Walker, 12 for 47. Brian Robinson, 22 carries, 58 total yards. These are great running backs in decent systems doing nothing against the 49ers. Now the Raiders don't have Derek Carr. Jared Stidham, I'm not impressed with. I thought he was basic at Georgia anyway with an NFL roster around him. I don't see the Raiders doing anything in this game. I think Devontae Adams is going to be dejected. They have nothing to play for, and they have Waller uh, and Renfro back, which means they might have to throw the ball once Purdy and the boys get up um, on the Raiders early. So this game's going to be ugly, and I'll eat crow all offseason if Josh Jacobs is decent, let alone good. But there's no chance that he's going to carry your fantasy team. Right now on Fantasy Pros, his overall ECR is uh, running back seven. There's no chance I'm going to have him in my top 15. And there's guys emerging like DeAndre Swift coming back, Cam Akers, Zeke Elliott, if Tony Pollard is out, maybe even um, Najee Harris, who I will be putting above Josh Jacobs, for example. So Jared Sidham went to Auburn. Uh, oh, okay. So even was, worse. Yeah, yeah. So he was, uh, but he had Darius Slayton, who's my boy. So that's cool. Uh, you know, there. Uh, anyway, 
Um, another thing too, I, can we just talk quickly about this Derek Carr thing? Because like, yeah, people talk about Derek Carr like last year. Remember with the John Gruden situation, everything went to shit, and he carried that team in the second half of the year all the way to the playoffs where they beat everyone's favorite quarterback, Justin Herbert. He beat him in a game to make it to the playoffs. Like, one-on-one, mano-a-mano, he beat Justin Herbert, who's like one of everyone's, you know, glamour boy, and everyone loves Justin Herbert. Yeah, and because it's like, he's that really was just, good. Well, Herbert's a stud. I'm not saying he's not. But, like, my point is he went toe-to-toe with him, and he beat him to make the playoffs. So this idea, like, he's not clutch and stuff, blah, blah, blah. And I understand maybe he's not a fit with Josh McDaniels. But I'm pretty sure Devontae Adams went to the Raiders to play with Derek Carr. Is that correct? Am I wrong to think that? I thought that's kind you, of the reason why he went there, right? That's 100% correct. So then what What do they think is going to happen if they let him walk? And do you think Devontae Adams is just going to be, like, excited to be there with, you know, they're, they're, now they have an uncertain quarterback situation? So. No, of course not. I, I am, it's it makes no sense what after just one year they know Derek Carr isn't their guy when he had no Darren Waller, no Hunter Redfro this entire year. He's making Matt Collins, by the way, who has a career year this year by by three times of what he's ever had in his life. So it's just confusing to me that like this team, by the way, Josh Jacobs' career year, uh Matt Collins' career year. I understand their win loss isn't good, but this is your first year of a rebuild on a team with your new I just uh, whatever. Anyway. Insane. I'm, Hopefully they trade I, for Brady and we can have I'm I'm with, I'm with you, bro. The, the issue is, though, if you're reading reports quickly. First of all, I was thinking of Jake Fromm. So I apologize, folks, right. that I thought Jared Stidham was as good as Jake Fromm. He's not, and that's my bad. Okay, Jake Fromm's not very good either. Moving on. Derek Carr, if you read the reports yet, other than they're trying to, quote-unquote, maintain his health for the offseason, which is complete horseshit, right? Oh, it's horseshit. They're trying, yeah. they're trying to build – some sort of trade value for him. And look, maybe the Patriots or somebody else in the league gets Carr and Adams and brings them somewhere else. Who the, who the hell knows? But like, you're totally it. right. I mean, you know, paying attention, all my boys in, in my chat threads are either 49 or Raider fans and my little homie league chats are going nuts today because nobody knows what the hell's going on and it just doesn't make any sense. But the Raiders remain an absolute joke franchise. Yeah, yeah, it's stupid. Honestly, it does. I, I understand. Josh McDaniels already had his problems in Denver, and he was a head coach, and people didn't like the way he acted there. Maybe the Patriot way only works in New England for Bill Belichick and Tom Brady put up with his shit. Like, Tom Brady was able to be the quarterback smart enough to run that system, but also elite enough to turn that, to deal with somebody like that and win titles. And if you don't have that quarterback who knows that system, I just think it's a little premature. But I wouldn't mind a Brady-Derek Carr swap in Tampa – uh, I think that would be a good option as well. All right, that's enough of that. Let's talk about my running back. I actually switched it up on this guy. I am a little concerned about the Tennessee Titans this week. I think the Titans are basically mailing it in because they have a win or get in game next week against the Jags. So they can lose this week, win next week against the Jags, and make the playoffs. So they don't give a shit. So one of the guys, like their defensive line is Jer- Jeffrey Simmons, who's an absolute beast. He's not playing. I don't know if I'm really concerned about Zeke anymore and Tony Pollard. Even with Tony Pollard, by the way, dealing with his thigh injury because – now, if Pollard's even limited, Zeke's probably going to run all day on that defense without their studs. Now, I do think the Titans are well-coached, but I also do believe that they don't give a shit about this week. So they're playing for next week. So I switched mine to Kenneth Walker. And if you look at Walker's season, he's kind of had a very nice cupcake schedule. He's If you look at his tough matchups, he's faced the 49ers twice and the Bucks. And if you look at outside of that, his run game matches have been very good. He has not faced a lot of elite defenses 
similar to the Jets. The Jets are known for their pass defense, but they're also very good against the run. They have Quinton Williams at defensive tackle, who's a stud. Um, if you look at the 49ers game, 12 for 47, and then 4 for 10 before his injury, then the Bucks he went 10 for 17. Now, I, it worries me a little bit that he's facing now a Jets team who's very, very good against the run. He's, he's probably bottom five or six in the NFL in points per game allowed. But the Jets really get banged up more in the receiving game than the running game for running backs. And Walker doesn't have many signature passing games in this offense. He does have two or three games where he's gotten multiple receptions, 30-plus yards. But overall this season, he's done it on the ground. And that's not really how you beat the Jets as a running back. So I am a little concerned about Kenneth Walker. And my start of the week at running back, a player I love is Tyler Algier. Okay, quietly over the last five weeks, he's ninth in the NFL in rushing yards per game. 17 and 18 carries over the last two weeks. What has changed? Caleb Huntley, he was in a three-man committee. Caleb Huntley got hurt, and now he's out. That's notable. These are things that have changed. This situation is now different. You go from three running backs to two, and for some reason, they hate Cordell Patterson. All the guy does is break off huge runs and score touchdowns, but they hate using him, and they love this kid. He's got the fourth-best matchup metric according to our, our Justin Lineyard metric, so I do love getting Tyler Algier in your lineups, and I am fading Kenneth Walker. Right, let's do our wide receiver sits guy. A couple guys here. DK Metcalf gets those Jets. Really tough with Sauce Gardner on the outside against outside receiver. Christian Kirk. I know the tight te um the Texans aren't notable versus anybody, but for some reason they're good against receivers and quarterbacks. Uh you have DeAndre Hopkins with Colt McCoy playing this week against Atlanta. Atlanta's defense, by the way, what the hell? I don't even know what's going on, but they're playing very good defense over the last month or so. Um, Garrett Wilson, the Jets against Seattle. Jets are uh, the Seattle's the definition of a slot puddle defense. He might get Mike White back, so that is a little feather in his cap. And then you got Terry McLaurin playing against the Browns. Now, early on in the season, the Browns secondary was bad, but now they got Denzel Ward back. They're playing a lot better. Also, Carson Wentz spreads the ball around a little bit more, and he was not Terry McLaurin, by the way, was not playing well with Carson Wentz, if you don't remember. So these are some of the notable names that are inside that top 20 wide receiver range that could be sits. Who's your guy you want to talk about, Sky? Yeah, that's a great point about Terry McLaurin there. Um, Terry McLaurin is Taylor Heineke's guy, so unfortunately that's not looking good there. I totally agree. Man, unfortunately, you know, for Seahawk fans, we're kind of piling on right now, and, like, we didn't really plan this, but I'm just looking through this here. We got Geno Smith as a sit at the cornerback position who's having a career year. Kenneth Walker, who's come out of the gates, guns a-blazing when healthy. We told him to sit him. I'm going to pile on, man. I'm going to go with DK Metcalf here, and it's not really even a discussion for me. The Jets are not the Jets, right? Like, the Lions are not the Lions anymore. Like, both of these teams are young, they're, they're well-coached, and they're playing hard. And the Jets have a real opportunity to make the playoffs here. If they beat Seattle in Seattle, which I think is definitely possible, they're going to knock Seattle out of the playoffs. They're going to probably enter the playoffs – legit on their side and then the Patriots could beat the Dolphins without Tua and then the Jets are maybe going to make the playoffs so this is a huge game between the Seahawks and the Jets actually kind of underlying on the week here but man for DK Metcalf love the guy I want to give a shout out here to uh, Don uh Donkey Teeth who all offseason was the only guy in the entire industry repping DK Metcalf and sure enough he was right for most of the season but here we are when it matters most Rough schedule, which we told you about about a month ago down the stretch. But in PPR leagues, in the last couple of weeks, he's uh, wide receiver 15, 35 against the 49ers, and 20 last week. Last couple games here without or with a limited Tyler Lockett, and now Tyler Lockett may come back 
as well. So this might be a situation where if DK has Tyler on the field, it's actually better for DK Metcalf than just playing by himself without many other weapons. But nonetheless, the Jets alone as a unit have been the second best against the pass in all of fantasy football against the wide receiver position. They're playing very, very well. And just like I did with Josh Jacobs, Bob, I want to throw out some notable names at wide receiver that the Jets as a unit have shut down. So I don't necessarily have or I'm going to report like Sauce Gardner versus somebody or whatever, but as a unit, both of those guys are playing very well. And here's a couple of guys since their bye week in week 10. So they had Justin Jefferson, right? Obviously all world. It should be an MVP in my opinion this season. But he had uh, 11 targets, um, seven catches, 50 or 45 yards and a touchdown. So for Justin Jefferson standards, that's a basic game, 15 fantasy points. They had Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis on Thanksgiving Day. Five targets, three receptions, 37 yards for Stephon Diggs, and three for 31 on four targets for Gabe Davis. Neither one of them scored. Then you have Amon Ross St. Brown, 10 targets, seven catches, 76 yards, no touchdown. And then you had this Jaguars offense last week who's been playing well as of late, 10 targets, six catches, 37 total yards for Christian Kirk and Marvin Jones combined last year so i just don't see dk metcalf coming up again as your number one stud guy your horse all season long wide receiver two at most i don't see it happening this week we already mentioned uh gino could have issues if they don't get the run game going with kenneth walker that could be a problem the jets are playing for the playoffs and i just don't see um dk metcalf supporting your team and really bringing you to the promised land this week so unfortunately i like dk Metcalf a lot i hope he gets a better situation next year overall but I'm not playing him in my championship. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. It kind of fits perfectly with my G-Notes discussion, so look at us. Just We're fading the Seahawks offense this week, and that could go badly. Actually, I have one more here. Mine is actually Christian Kirk. Um, So the Texans are oddly, like, really, really good against inside receivers. And based on how uh, the Jaguars are right now, they have the Jones on the outside, they have Ingram and Kirk on the inside. And in week five, when these two teams faced off, he went one for 11. I think another problem, too, is um, the emergence of Evan Ingram. Like, Evan Ingram is now, like, the primary guy. And it looks like they kind of go hand in hand here. Like, it looks like because Evan Ingram's getting all these inside looks that Kirk has really kind of taken a back seat over the last few weeks, and it really shows in his play. Um, but just, just forget about that for a second. Just look at the slot receivers, quote-unquote, versus the Texans. C.D. Lamb. Five for 33. Hunter Renfro, three for 55. Wondell Robinson, three, two for 20. Jerry Judy, one for 20. These guys have all underperformed against the Texans. A lot of this has to do with the fact you could run all over the Texans. But the Texans are playing some inspired football, so that's good. And because of the emergence of Evan Ingram, I do believe that. And the other thing, too, is the Jags also don't have much to play for here. I mean, they got a, they got a win and in situation in next week anyway. So... If I'm not going to play Kirk guy, I'm going to go back to the well on. And this has to do a little bit with no Christian Watts. It'll be Alan Lazard. I think this week, oh, I know it's been just like a – listen. I get I it. I get it. It just – It's just – I understand that. <laughs> I know Alan Lazard's been tough this year. But, okay, first of all, he gets hurt the first couple of weeks. Then he comes back, eases in a little bit, and then he hits a stretch where he catches a touchdown like five straight weeks. And then Aaron Rodgers breaks his finger, and now all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers is playing like shit. And then you have the emergence of Dobbs and Watson and 
Rodgers doesn't have the volume anymore or the he's not making the plays. Like if this was MVP Rodgers from two years ago, I think we'd probably see two or three guys playing well, but it's just not the case. But anyway, if Watson's out, I do like Lazard this week to perform well against the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings are absolutely horrendous against wide receivers, but mostly guys because Pat, uh, Patrick Peterson plays on one side. So Lazard's all over the field. I think he's going to get you. He had 11 targets last week. So I think if you need a wide receiver two slash flex, I'm okay with starting Alan Lazard this week with Christian Watson banged up. All right, let's do the last one here. The tight end six. We have Dallas Goddard returns last week, plays against the Saints. Uh, Saints are probably one of the toughest matchups against tight ends. Darren Waller, another guy who just came back. Now we have the Jared Stidham situation. He's playing against the 49ers. Mark Andrews against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a division game, always tough. Gerald Everett, the donut last week. Now he gets a tough matchup against the Rams. You got David Njoku as well versus the Washington Commanders. Who's the tight end you're willing to sit this week's guy? And who's the guy you're probably replacing him with? Dude, I hate this so much because I'm like major Mark Andrews guy. I drafted him everywhere, like faded Kelsey, quote unquote. And then I reached early for Andrews anyway and blah, blah, blah. And it was really great for a month. And it's just absolutely kind of destroyed me for a while. Um, He has not had a Mark Andrews game since week six against your Giants when he went seven for 106 and a touchdown on 11 targets. Since then, in PPR, mind you, catches are so huge in PPR for tight ends because guys are so basic without touchdowns. Tight end 51, 24, 7, 12, 10, 23, 24, and 20. And, of course, he missed a game and had a buy in there as well. This is super sad, man. I uh, just can't trust him. Um, Lamar coming back, hopefully he plays. I mean, that's obviously going to help. But Tyler Huntley has been very poor, unfortunately. And what makes this worse is that Mark Andrews is getting the work. Since the bye week in week 11, he's at 8, 7, 7, 6, 7, and 5 targets. Any tight end outside of George Kittle and and, um, Travis Kelsey right now, maybe TJ Hawkinson, you would pray for those numbers just to get opportunities. But unfortunately, he's not producing well with them. And even if he gets that reception, 17, 31, 45 yards, and he's only scored one uh, touchdown since week five. So for me, man, it's really, really difficult. And the Pittsburgh Steelers have played quite well against the tight end position just a couple weeks ago, they held Mark Andrews to two catches on six targets for just 17 yards. That was the third lowest on the season, including an injury game. So I hate to do it, man. I know he's a horse and he could go off for 10 for 120 and two touchdowns any week. I know that, but I might go with like Jawan Johnson in a backup that nobody's remembering because he played on ice last week. Right. Or I might go with somebody else who's a streamer, option there unfortunately but mark andrews man right now i just can't i can't get it i've escaped two different uh matchups through the quarterfinals and the semifinals with mark andrews in my lineup just because tight end is so bad he's still in the middle of the mix but in the championship man i'm going up against kelsey's i'm going up against kittles i'm going up against hawkinson's or something like that who've been blowing the doors off and mark andrews is just not on that level right now so I know it's going to be real, real hard, but if I'm looking for a normal start your stud to sit, I can't think of any better candidate right now, unfortunately, than Mark Andrews. You know, it's funny. Last year, he looked good with Huntley, too, and now this year, he Huntley looked, just doesn't look. quote-unquote, better with Huntley. Well, That's why we were all excited, yeah. and then it just went yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, Huntley has not looked as good as he did. And listen, their offense just looked not very good anyway. You know, when you're trotting out Demarcus Robinson and Deshaun Jackson as your top two receivers, like I, I it's whoa, whoa, hard Sammy Watkins him. is out there too, bro. Come on now, right? Exactly. So come like, on now. Know, it's, it's just I don't know, but I do agree with that. This one I'm going to talk about is Dallas Goddard because number Ooh, one, the, this one hurts. the Saints, the Saints defense is like weird. I don't know how they're playing so well, but they have really good linebackers and coverage and uh Davis and stuff like that. And that's part of this too, but they are the toughest matchup for tight ends. And if you look through the tight ends, they face Tyler Higby four for 45, Pat fire four for 36, you know, Hayden Hurst three for 21, Zach Ertz two for 21. A lot of get guys in there where those are, you know, that's, that's probably in the tight end landscape and half PPR meh, like, you know, outside the top 12. Um, the thing is, like, he's just getting back from injury. I know he played a lot of snaps last week with three for 67 against Dallas. But I do suspect this game to not be as high scoring. I'm not expecting a shootout between the Saints and the, the Eagles this week. I expect this game to be a little bit more low scoring um, because the Eagles defense is legit. And I don't expect the Cowboys offense like they did against the Eagles light them up. So I do think from that standpoint, that three for 67 against Dallas, he – you know, Gardner Minshew was targeting. Surprisingly, and I'll admit, I actually thought Goddard was a good play last week. And granted, he was fine for fantasy, but like I thought Gardner would kind of work towards the inside of the field. And sure enough, like Smith and, and, and A.J. Brown had very solid games. Um, so that was surprising. But knowing that he has these weapons, he's utilizing those receivers still. I think Goddard might be a little bit of a, a risk this week. It's a really tough matchup. A player I'm just obsessed with is Cole Komet. So – when you look at like the top, there's like top, there's like five elite tight end matchups. There's the Arizona Cardinals, the Dolphins, the Detroit Lions, the Tennessee Titans, and the Seattle Seahawks. Those are like five of the best matchups that you can have in fantasy football. Um, and that's based on what I use in the back end here. And outside of that, there's also very few tight ends in the NFL that play 90% of routes run to dropbacks, meaning they run a route on 90% of a quarterback's dropbacks. It's like Mark Andrews. Then Cole Kmet, like in, in recent weeks, guys that are on the field running a bunch of routes. Now, Cole Kmet has not been great, but like over the last few weeks, he's getting the targets, six, seven targets. And the last time these two teams faced in back, I think it was week 10, four for 74 and two touchdowns. So he has this elite matchup. He's on the field running a ridiculous amount of routes. But if you want a sleeper, Colby Parkinson is your deep, <laughs> deep sleeper. Everyone's going to be on Fant. Because Will Disley is out. That's I am dirty. telling you, my DFS streamer this week, it's going to be Kobe Parkinson. I guarantee you the guy's going to go four for 60, get you crazy value on your DFS lineups. Count it here, folks. All right, let's close out the show. Just quick defensive kickers. Just a quick price check here. Last time we talked through this, we talked about the 49ers, the Bills, the Eagles, the Patriots, and the Cowboys. Just to give you quick matchups. You have the 49ers versus the Raiders. I'm assuming we're both in on that, correct? In. Bills versus the Bengals. Are there any qualms about starting the bang uh, Bills this week? I don't love it, man. I mean, the Bengals can go off at any given moment, to be honest with you. Uh, so I don't love it. And this game is in Cincinnati. I personally might look for another option. What would be another option? You uh, have a team I, in mind. Char yeah, Chargers are playing absolutely on fire. And I know what the Rams put up 51 points on accident against the Broncos. That's not going to happen again. I like the Chargers or even your Giants up against yeah. a completely inept Colts offense and Nick Foles who looked horrendous. Oh, so bad. 
so bad. Oh my god. I have Michael Pittman. He was actually one of my favorite plays last week uh in the sense of just like emotional needed you to do well people and Michael Pittman just shit the bed. All right, Eagles versus the Saints. I'm assuming we're in, right? Patriots yeah. versus the struggle. Patriots versus Teddy Bridgewater and the Dolphins. Okay. Cowboys, I think we're in on the Titans. All right, so those are all good. All right, I just want to give a cut, close out before we close out the show by three streamer kickers of the week. By the way, week one of the playoffs, Chase McLaughlin. I have it in writing. The guys know. Second week, Graham Gano. Nailed it. Have it Nailed in it. writing. Nailed it. This week, my kicker is Dicker the kicker. By the way, the Chargers kicker versus the Rams. However, he's been kind of a hot name because his name rhymes a little bit. I do like Riley Patterson, the Jags kicker against the Texans. Ooh. Um, as well, if you're looking for a deeper name. And I do have a third name here, and I'm going to just pull it up because I forgot it off the top of my head. It was um, – of course, I clicked the wrong G. All right, there we go. Let's see. Oh, I fucked this up. All right, I messed up. I forget what the uh, third one was. It was um, – I don't have it available in this one second here. Just give me one second. You know what? It's fine. I'm no problem. I, I got a, I got a, I got a uh, pop quiz for you, Bob. A little kicker, kicker trivia for you if you'd like. Oh. Jake Elliott, by the way, is my last one. Jake Elliott, the Eagles kicker against New Orleans. All right. I got a, I got a kicker trivia to, to get out of here before our championship weekend for you, Bob. Two of them. All right. The consensus, K1, K2 in draft season, of course, Justin Tucker and most likely Tyler Bass. Bob, first question, two-parter. First question. On the season, how many number one overall kicker performances has Justin Tucker had? The number one Zero. kicker. Over the whole season. Zero. Very correct. You've done your kicker research. Number two. How many has Tyler Bass had on the entire season? Zero. One, one. against Cleveland in week 11. But, folks, kickers and DSTs are extremely volatile. However, they can be winners or losers for your team. Make sure you're paying attention to kickers and defenses. And you could probably get a lot of that information Sunday morning. All right, folks. Listen, that's it for this week. This is our bold takes for week 17. You sit these suds. You're going to sit Josh Jacobs. Are you sitting DK Metcalf? Well, you should, according to us. But please, enjoy the week 17 match. This is what we've been waiting for. If you're in it, enjoy it. Have fun. If you're playing in a consolation bracket, have fun. Enjoy it. This is, this is it, folks. This is the last week of the real fantasy season. But next week will be around just to pop around if anybody's playing until week 18. Please join us. On Sunday, we'll be in our Start Sit show from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. PST. We'll be live on the Razzball Fantasy YouTube channel. Make sure you go subscribe to the TikTok and IG. And make sure, of course, you go to Razzball.com. Once again, I'm your host, Bobby Lamarck. I want to thank my bold man over there, Sky Gawasco. We are out of here. <laughs>